بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد کریم اما بات الحمد للہ چنائٹ از دا So this is why on this night the world over they commemorate the blessed night journey of our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam because of reports from the salaf so the night journey is obviously when our beloved messenger was taken honorably sallallahu alaihi wasallam from makkah to jerusalem which is called the isra and then from jerusalem he went into the heavens and the isra is explicitly mentioned in the quran and the mihraj is mentioned in the mutawatir reports of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so it was on this blessed night and this is why in the quran allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised his beloved sallallahu alaihi wasallam wala sawfa yu'tika rabbuka fatarda surely your lord will give you what will please you so he promised his beloved sallallahu alaihi wasallam in surah duha that he will give him what he what pleases him or one of the greatest gifts given to him was the honorable uh, isra and mihraj so is there anything that we can do on this night so there is reports in behaki in shu'ab al-iman number 3811 sayyidina salman al-farisi radiyallahu he relates that our beloved messengers reported to have said sallallahu alayhi wasallam there is a day and night in the month of rajab if a person fasts during the day and stands i for worship during the night it would then be as if he fasted for 100 years verily this is the 27th of rajab so in this report recorded by imam behaki rahmatullah the prophet explicitly mentioned this this day and night the night comes first so you stand during this night meaning of a salah and you fast the following day and then graciously you get the reward of fasting for 100 years but how many rakats are recommended in behaki in shu'ab al-iman number 3812 it mentions the one who offers 12 rakats this night i the 27th of rajab reciting surah al-fatiha and another surah in every rakat and tashahud after every two rakats and performs the tasleem after all the 12 rakats he then recites the following a hundred times subhanallah walhamdulillah wa la ilaha illallah wallahu akbar he then recites istighfar a hundred times ay astaghfirullah and salat an-nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam 1000 times and the shortest salat an-nabi is to say sallallahu alayhi wasallam and then offers a supplication for anything of this world or the hereafter and then fasts in the morning 
then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will assuredly answer all his du'as except the one made for sin. So simply put, you offer a 12 rakat tahajjud on this blessed night and it's a normal uh, two rakats multiplied by six and you give the taslim after every two rakats and then you recite uh, the third kalima a hundred times, astaghfirullah a hundred times and sallallahu alayhi wa a thousand times or if you want a longer durood sharif and if you make a dua for anything of this world or the next, Allah, Allah will answer it except the dua you've made for a sin. So this is recommended to do on this night. We cannot call it a sunnah because the report has weakness. But the scholars have said these are meritorious deeds which can be done on these on these blessed nights. So I wanted to mention some of the blessings of this auspicious night, i.e. the 27th. And just to add, before moving back to Sayyidina Anas's blessed life, the hadith is in Daylami in his Musnad al-Firdos, number 3095, and Behaki in his al Iman, number 3804, Abdul Razak in his Al-Musannaf, number 17301, Imam Sayyuti in his Jami al-Sagheed, number 4411. Sayyidina Anas, he relates that our beloved messengers reported to have said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, is the month of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sha'aban is my sallallahu alayhi wasallam's month and Ramadan is the month of the Muslim community. Subhanallah. So here in this report directly from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, this blessed sacred month, the Prophet said, is Shahrullah. It is the month of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And <coughs> Sha'aban is my month sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And Ramadan is the month of the Muslim community. So what's fascinating, it was in his month that Allah Ta'ala brought his beloved to him. And of course, on this blessed night, many gifts were given to the Prophet And of course, the five obligatory prayers were graciously given on this blessed night. So again, something to reflect upon. So we've completed this 60th night, i.e. the second month, that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the illustrious companion, Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik, radiallahu. And I've reached the point where I've mentioned he's left the world, and I've mentioned the short CV of this glorious companion. So a question is posed. His age, upon leaving the troubles of this mortal world, so... There's a difference of opinion about this. So nobody can say conclusively what his age was. So let's mention the differences first. In Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, number 11,841, <coughs> or 3-124, Ibn Kathir Sira, volume 4, page 470 of the English translation, Hamid Rahmatullahi, he said, Sayyidina Anas, radiyallahu, lived for 99 years. Sayyidina Anas, radiyallahu, lived for 99 years. So this is an authentic report. So one of the Salaf said, minus 101, he lived. Muhammad ibn Umar, rahmatullahi he said, I asked the Qadi Muhammad ibn Abdullah al-Ansari, rahmatullahi how old was Anas ibn Malik when he passed away, radiyallahu. He replied, he was 107 years of age. 
This is in Ibn Sa'd in his Tabaqat, <coughs> volume 1, page 15 of the English translation in the chapter on the companions of the Prophet Muhammad who settled in Basra. So here, another authority mentions that in actual fight, he crossed the century well by another seven, year, seven years. So he lived for a hundred and seven years, according to one of the great Qadis, Qadi Muhammad ibn Abdullah al-Ansari. Hence, Hafiz ibn Katid, he said, in his Sira, volume 4, page 470 of the English translation, the least of what has been mentioned is 96 years. And the most that has been mentioned is 107 years. It has also been said variously to be 106 or 103 years. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So even the great Hafiz ibn Katir, he wasn't certain. But he said that the least number mentioned is 96, the most is 107. And in between has also been mentioned by the respected scholars. Abdullah ibn Yazid al-Hudani, rahmatullahi he said, Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik passed away in the year 92 AH during the Khalifat of Al-Walid I. This is in Ibn Sa'ad in Islamakat, volume 1, page 15 of the English translation in the chapter on the companions of the Prophet Muhammad who settled in Basra. So here it mentions the, the date of his passing, 92 AH. But Al-Fudail ibn Duqin said, Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik passed away in 93 AH. This is in Ibn Sa'ad in Istabakat, volume 1, page 15 of the English translation in the chapter on the companions of the Prophet Muhammad who settled in Basra. So there's a one-year discrepancy. Hafiz Ibn Kathir, he commented, Rahmatullah 90 AH is the most well-known and what the majority of scholars were upon. 90 AH is the most well-known and what the majority of scholars were upon. This is in Ibn Kathir Sida, volume 4, page 470 of the English translation. So, Hafiz Ibn Kathir, again, he didn't mention it with certainty, but he goes, this is where he geared towards, because it was the year 90 AH. Thus, with a simple calculation using the dates, Sayyidina Anas who passed away between the age of 99 to 107 years of age. So you can say that safely. You say he more than likely crossed the centurion mark, but between 99 and 107. However, I would also humbly like to add, if one takes into consideration his own testification, what did he say? When Rasulullah passed away, as Anas said, when he passed away, I was 20 years of age. This is in Sayyid Bukhari, Sayyid Muslim, Nasa'i, Tirmadi, Bukhari's Al-Adabal Mufrat, number 1055. So this is his own testification and it's flawless. He goes, when Rasulullah left the world, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I was 20 years old. So in which year did he pass away, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? 11 AH. This would then have made him 79 years later, 99 years of age in 90 AH upon his passing. So what is the most common date given by the scholars? He passed away in 90 AH. So if he said in Bukhari and Muslim, I was 20 years old in 11 AH. And the majority of scholars say he passed away in 90 AH, 20 and 79 is 99.
do subhanallah whatever the case this was fulfillment of prophecy another endless blessing was bestowed upon this truly remarkable man what was that blessing our beloved messenger said sallallahu alaihi wasallam no one reaches 40 years in islam except that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects him from madness leprosy and lukadam when he is 50 allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes easy his reckoning when he reaches 60 allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants him repentance when he reaches 70 allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves him and the inhabitants of the heavens also love him when he reaches 80 allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts his good deeds overlooks his sins and when he reaches 90 then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives his past and future sins and he is named the prisoner of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the earth and he is granted intercession i for the forgiveness of his family so where is this record so this is recorded in imam ahmad in his musnad ibn asakir and others sheikh ahmad shakir rahmatullah alayhi in his checking of the musnad 8-23 to 5 states its chain is at least hasan it is supported with other chains which raise it to the level of sahih so sheikh ahmad shakir very famous scholar of hadith he uh, authenticated the musnad and he was happy with this report He goes, it's authentic, but if you look at the various chains, it's even stronger. So, looking at, at it briefly, what is this talking about? This is grace. You're not entitled to it. Allah Ta'ala has given it to you by His grace. So, if a Muslim in Islam, he has to be a Muslim, he reaches 40, there are certain ailments Allah Ta'ala <laughs> protects him from. Now, what does that mean? Madness, leprosy, and lukadam, Allah Ta'ala knows best. But maybe at that age, if you are safe from that ailment, Allah Ta'ala won't give it to you, maybe after that age, or it's very unlikely. Then the remaining five are all to do with the Akhirat. Fifty, Allah Ta'ala makes his reckoning easy. So if we die in our fifties, the promise of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said, you'll have an easy reckoning. Alhamdulillah. If you get to your sixties, Allah Ta'ala grants him repentance. So what does that mean? It either means Allah Ta'ala will forgive you or he'll give you the tawfiq to repent. 70, Allah Ta'ala loves him and the people of the heavens love him. So why? Because when Allah Ta'ala starts taking away blessings, his, his mercy increases. So it makes sense that his love will increase. When he reaches 80, Allah Ta'ala accepts his good deeds, overlooks his sins. Alhamdulillah. So Allah Ta'ala accepts his good deeds and overlooks his sins, meaning even though the deeds may be not up to scratch because you've reached that magic number of 80, Allah Ta'ala will accept your good deeds and he will overlook your sins. But what's the treasure? 90. When he reaches 90, Allah Ta'ala forgives his past and future sins. He is named the prisoner of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala on the earth and if that wasn't enough, he is granted intercession for his family. So now, why is that individual called the prisoner of Allah on the earth? Because usually at that end stage of life, a person is not really mobile. You do get exceptions, but usually their mobility is not as good as it was when they were younger. So they're called the prisoner. And Allah also allows him shafa'ah for his family. 
one can only thus speculate just how many of his truly fortunate and innumerous family members this most exalted man will eventually intercede for. So like I mentioned, you know, your guess is as good as mine. How many children did Anas have? You know, he's got his sons, his daughters, grandsons, and thousands probably. So what did the Prophet say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? If you get to 90, you are granted intercession for your family. How many? So he's a companion of the Prophet. He's the cousin of the Prophet. So Allah Ta'ala knows best. Maybe all his family will intercede for Another question which is linked. Was Sayyidina Anas, radiyallahu the last of the majestic companions to exit from this mortal world. So I should have mentioned out of the females the famous centurion was Abu Bakr's daughter Asma bin Abu Bakr. She passed away after her son was martyred in 74 H. Abdullah ibn Zubair. So you got Asma 100 years of age and you got Anas amongst the males. So it's worth keeping that in mind. You got two companions who definitely got to a century. But was Anas the last Sahaba? His student, Hassan al-Basli, he explained, Rahmatullah Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik was the last of the companions of the Prophet to pass away in Basra. This is in Ibn Sa'ad and Istabakat, volume 1, page 15 of the English translation in the chapter on the companions of the Prophet Muhammad who settled in Basra. Tadkiratul Hufad, Volume 1, page 44, Ibn Kathir Sira, Volume 4, page 470 of the English translation. So one of his famous students, Hassan al-Basri, rahmatullah, said he was the last in Basra. So you can say that safely, he, he was the last companion who died in Basra. But it doesn't answer the question. Who was the very last of these gargantuan souls to leave the world? The last of these truly remarkable souls to leave the world was Sayyidina Abu At-Tufil. Because he himself said, I saw Rasulullah and there is no one else left on the face of the earth who saw him apart from me. Asrubni later asked, how did you see him? Abu Tufir said, he was a white and he was white and elegant of average height and build. This is in Sayyid Muslim number 6072 in the chapter on virtues. So here you've got an explicit statement from a company, Sayyidina Abu At-Tufil, and he said, I'm the last Sahab. So that seems to be the overriding proof. So when the narrator asked him, describe the Prophet, you're the last one. So he said, He was white and elegant of average height and build. Imam Muslim, he clarified in his Sahih number 6071 in the chapter on virtues. Sayyidina Abu At-Tufil passed away in 100 AH. He was the last of the companions of Rasulullah to pass away. So Anas, even if you go to the 106 years of age, that's 96 AH. So he didn't get to 100 AH. This companion, Imam Muslim said, passed away 100 AH. Thus, Sayyidina Abu At-Tufil had passed away roughly 7 to 10 years after the majestic Anas ibn Malik. So this seems to be the strongest proof. Abu At-Tufil. 
However, another companion is also mentioned. In Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, number 15,564, Al-Hayatami in Majma Az-Zawaid, number 15,753, Ibn Ishaq, Ibn Hisham in his Sira, page 511 in, of the English translation and others. Sayyidina Abu Al-Yusr Qa'ab Ibn Amr, radiyallahu, he said, We were with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in Khaybar one night. When some sheep belonging to a man from the Jews came towards the direction from the fort and we were besieging the fort. The Prophet said, who amongst you could feed us from those sheep? I said, I could do that, Ya Rasulullah. He gave me permission, I to take one of the sheep. I set out running and Rasulullah made the following dua. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Make us enjoy of him. I thereupon caught up with the sheep by the time the first of them had entered the fort. And I took the last two of them and I carried them between my arms and returned with them running as lightly as if I was carrying nothing till I placed them in front of Rasulullah. He then gave the command, they were slaughtered and we ate from this. Sayyidina Abu al-Yusr was amongst the last of the companions to pass away. Whenever he was reminded of this incident, he would weep and he would say, They enjoyed of me for so long that I was now the last of them to die. So let's look at this. So this is another authentic report in Imam Ahmad's Musnad. So what's this companion's name? Qa'ab ibn Amr. His kunyat is Abu al-Yusr. And it's the uh, campaign against the Khaybar, the mischievous uh, Bani Israel. So the Prophet said, who can get some of those sheep? And he managed to catch two. He came back and what dua did the Prophet make for him? Look how interesting. <coughs> oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make us enjoy of him. A very strange supplication. Oh Allah subhanahu wa make us enjoy of him. And then what did Abu al-Yusr say? I was... They enjoyed of me for so long that I am now the last of them to die. So some scholars say he was the last companion. So putting it simply, the most authentic report indicates it's Sayyidina Abu At-Tufir. Another authentic report mentions is Abu Al-Yusr Qa'ab ibn Amr. But it certainly was not answered, even though he lived a grand life. So all I mentioned today was uh, a very short brief on this blessed night of the 27th night of Rajab, which seems to be the night of uh, the blessed Isra and Mihraj. Hafiz ibn Qayyim, he said something fascinating, Rahmatullah in his Zad al-Ma'ad. He said, this night is holier for Rasulullah than the night of Qadr. But for us, the holiest night is the night of Qadr. So this is interesting. For the Prophet alone, this night is holy. But for us, it's the night of Qadr. So I think what Hafiz ibn Qayyim was highlighting there was, we should have a great affection for this night because it's a special gift given to the Prophet And then I mentioned two things. What was the age of Sayyidina Anas when he left the world? And was he the last of the companions? And if it was not he, then which other blessed soul? Are there any questions? 